wanna spend my life with you all day You say that you love me, is it true? You say I'm the only one that's all for you Okay, make me feel away Make me feel away Shorty so damn dangerous Fuck me like I'm famous, yeah I've been so impatient So glad that you made it here Took my dick and faced it Shorty going crazy, yeah Thought that you was playing Told me spray it everywhere She want me to take it What you trying to do? Yo, I see that you're an exclusive chef. Share your background. Tell me how you got that started, how you learned how to cook. Well, my background um, really started in church, so it had nothing to do with food at all. Um, the only food that I did, you know, consume what was around was just my grandmother and my mom. You know, they made food, or people at church made food. So for me, my story actually started with music. Because I played, I played drums, and I played percussion, I played trumpet. Um, so I got into the whole music thing because my mom was passing, right? Mm -hmm. So growing up in church, my dad owned a construction company. My mom, she's a pastor. I went into that realm of thinking that I would just do the construction like my dad. Like, oh, man, I'm going to lay concrete. I'm going to build homes. I'm going to do this and do that. So f as far as, like, cooking-wise, never a thought, right? Mm -hmm. So I got into music, and then being into music for all those years in church, I started meeting a lot of people. So then I thought, like, you know what? I'm going to just go on tour. So I'm going to be this touring musician. I'm going to go around the world. I'm going to play music, right? What happened was my mom, she didn't want to pay me. <laughs> so I'm, in, I'm playing in church. So I got all the homies where, you know, they play, you know, like the whole city, you know, you name them, they, they the homies, right? So they all playing and they playing in these churches. They get paid. Right. So, you know, I'm not getting paid. So my nickname in music is, you know, they call me Sweets, right? Mm -hmm. in music, so... They like, sweet show, your mother don't pay you. I'm like, nah, my mom, she she was like, nah, God gave you a gift. I'm not paying you. I'm not paying you for what God gave you, right? right. So I'm, I'm like a little heated. I'm like, I want money. I want I want clothes. I want this. I want that. So it, it went to the point where it was two members of my church um, that was actually working for KFC at the time. Mm -hmm. And they came to me and said, hey, you should learn how to cook just randomly, right? And then I was thinking, like, well, I do need money. So I was like, all right, cool. So they invited me. They told, well, they, they told me to come to KFC to kind of see it. I'm like, I already know what the KFC is, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened was, in the time frame of me not actually making it down there to see it, they ended up going to a, a place called Northrop and Grumman, mm -hmm. uh, which is in the Aviation Boulevard uh, here in Maryland. So I went there, and then I had an interview with the chef, Daphne Miles. I'll never forget. She was my first chef. She told me what I know, she told me the beginning of what I know, right? She started me off. So I ended up going down there, um, had an interview, and I told her I wanted to cook. Right. And she was like, well, you never cooked before. You know what I mean? Like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna be a cook if you never cooked? So I just spun the question and was like, well, no one ever teaches me, how would I ever learn? Please say that. So she, she was like, she thought about it, and then she was like, yeah, you're right, but I still can't hire you as a cook. <laughs> So I didn't get hired as a cook at that time, right? But she hired me as a utility worker. Back then, the utility worker was a dishwasher. Yeah. They uh, put the food away, all the receiving, all that. Um, and then they, you know, took trash out the whole night. Mm -hmm. So the environment was a cafeteria environment. So yes. I ended up, like, being a dishwasher, I was taking trash out. I was refilling all of the, um, the silverware, the napkins, stuff like that. Like, all the dirty work, you know? So... 
after maybe I would say a month of me washing dishes, getting killed, mind you, in a dish pit. Like yeah. I didn't even sign up for this. <laughs> I'm from around the way. I think I'm cool. I'm like, nah, man. I'm not washing dishes. So, um, and I used to ride my I used to ride my bike to the subway, okay. and uh, and then I used to get off at the light rail. So it's a it's a whole bunch that went on with that. So I'm down there. I'm like, all right, cool. So a month went by. She came to me like, say, huh? You still want to know how to cook? And I was like, yeah. So she was like, go ahead and change your apron, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was an old lady that was there, she was the one that did all the prepping. She did all of like the deli prep. She did the salad bar. She did all that kind of stuff, right? So I was always watching. And that one day when a lady called out, she needed my help. So that one day, that's when it all started. Mm. So I ended up learning how that day to cut a tomato with a knife. Like I've never... In all of the years being home with my mom, I never, I wasn't allowed in my in my upbringing to use a knife in the kitchen. Mm. We weren't even allowed to really be in the kitchen at all <laughs> coming up. Right. So that was the first time that I held a knife to cut a tomato. Like, wow, okay. And you know, so she she you know at the end of the day she was like, oh you did good, you know, thank you whatever whatever. So I went back to dishwasher. Probably another month went by. The same lady called out again, and then. That time, I learned how to make tuna fish. I learned how to make chicken salad in one day. I learned how to make pasta salad, right? So now I'm like, I'm hype. I'm like, bro, I learned how to cut tomato, onions, and lettuce. And now I'm like making tuna fish and chicken salad and all that. And then what happened was that day I got a compliment that, you know, a couple customers were like, oh, this tuna fish is really good today. Like, like the chicken salad, really good. And then it came, like she actually told me like, hey, you got, a, you got a couple comments today about the tuna fish and chicken salad. So I was like, really? So I'm like, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm back on the subway. Like, I'm on a light rail going back home. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the subway. I'm on my bike. Like, yo, that kind of felt cool. You yeah. know what I mean? And then what happened was that, that opened up the whole door. You know, unfortunately, the, the older lady, you know, she ended up passing away. But that opened up the door for me to be able to kind of, like, get into that, in that position that I always wanted. But it had to take time for me to get there. So Daphne, um, Daphne Miles, she taught me like how to properly cut everything. She how to hold a knife, how to julienne, how to dice, and then from there, my journey went from me being at um, Northrop and Grumman, like the cafeteria environment with Sodexo Marriott. It went from me going there to the Admiral Fell Inn, which is the hotel in Fellows Point mm-hmm. in Baltimore. That's, a That's where I learned my fine dining, everything. Um, and I've never been to culinary school, to, to make it clear. But, you know, I'm a very spiritual person, right? So I really felt like my mom, she didn't want me to leave her because, I, you know, I'm the youngest of nine. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, being a baby boy, my mom like, nah, you're not going to leave on friends for no culinary school. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I grew up in Warburg Junction. She's like, you're not leaving my sight because people get killed every day. You know what I mean? So... I wanted to go to Leon, France. I wanted to go to Hyde Park, uh, CIA in New York. Um, and she was like, no. So what happened was I just really feel that God allowed it to be that my journey for me not being able to go to culinary school like I wanted to, mm-hmm. he allowed me to be in a culinary school, like just in the trenches, you know? Mm-hmm. So Admiral fell in. Um, I went there and that's where I learned all my fine dining. And it was so crazy because in the four years that I worked at Admiral fell in, I worked under four different chefs oh, wow. in four years. That, that is a bachelor's in culinary, mm-hmm. right? So literally, it was four different styles of cooking that I learned in the, in the years that I worked. 
So I worked under a female chef that was from Baltimore that she was all about organic. Mm -hmm. Then I worked for a, a, a male chef that he uh, went to CIA and he just was like a, a stickler, like a Hell's Kitchen, like mm. straight up. Then I worked for another chef that was from DC that really wasn't in the kitchen a lot, but he was good with numbers, but you had to fend for yourself to figure it out because he wasn't there for any direction. Right. And then I worked for a chef that was from Belgium that taught me like the real deal of like the French way, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Which in, it was a segue because um, another chef was, he brought him in. So it was kind of like I had five chefs in four years. Mm. But the, the chef Luke, he's from Belgium, that's where I really got, that's where I really understood like for real cooking. He taught me how to tie asparagus up in fives and blanch it in salted water like the ocean. He taught me how to like properly peel vegetables where I had to peel vegetables eye level. I had to straighten up my feet because if you if you cut stuff with your crooked feet, you know, your your cut will be crooked if your mm. feet aren't lined up. And it's all about the equilibrium, like when you're just thinking about, oh, what makes sense. Yeah. He taught me that, and it was all about food. So I learned how to do garnish, I learned how to properly sear. I learned how to break down a pigeon. I learned how to break down guinea fowl, like all these different different birds and games and all that type of stuff. And I learned flavor. So after I, after I left Admiral Fallon, I worked at a restaurant called Hamilton's there. I was like, yo, I love this. Like, it was really... Me, you know what I mean? So I went from there, I went to an old folks home called Charlestown Village. I learned about how to cook for retirement community type people and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I learned about that. So that was that was another thing under my belt. I worked at Wendy's before I did all of that, all right. like on the grill. So I learned about that. Yeah. Um, and then I did my own thing, you know, as a personal chef, private chef. And then I worked at my mom's church. So I was a chef at the church. So it was kind of like I played music. I'd get off the drums. i go downstairs. i throw my stuff on. I'm like, everybody like, you're the man. I'm like, I, I didn't, they didn't shout it all day at church. And I was, I was holding the beat down. And then they went downstairs like, oh, my God, I'm so full. This food was good. I'm thinking like, bro, I'm doing everything. So I was like, yeah, I was like inspired. Like, bro, I am that guy. You know what I mean? And... Um, after that, it got really, you know, I really took it serious, you know? Like, I had people, I went to a restaurant at Owens Mills called Linwood's, and that's where everything really changed even more. Mm -hmm. So I thought that I, you know, Luke, Chef Luke gave me my start. He gave me the whole understanding. So when I got to Linwood's, it was kind of like, I was a young kid, I was like 24, 25, and, you know, I just needed a job, you know, because I had my own catering company. Um, and then, you know, they, they like, you know, they laughed at me like, ah, oh, you got a catering company, you're too young for that. And I'm like, nah, I just need a job. You know what I mean? My catering company went down. I was doing great. You know, one in two years, I was like, bro, in two years, I made $30,000 in two years. I'm like, yo, I'm killing it. Mm -hmm. But I was on my own. You know right. what I mean? I was young thinking I was doing it. And then I, I got, I hit, you know, rough times, you know? And I went to Linwood, I needed a job. And I, I got, I landed a line cook position at night. And when I started just, you know, I was on saute doing my thing, bro, it just got to a point where I was so motivated where I was just creating specials and creating dishes and creating this. And they were like, oh my God, you're, you're really good. You're really good. And I ended up getting the keys to the restaurant. I started opening up the restaurant. Oh, I started, wow. you know, being like the, the, the AM chef, I started doing specials. I started making the soups. I started doing a demi. I started making orders, doing orders when the executive chef at the time, uh, when he would go on vacation. Then I started doing tastings where if anybody would come in and they wanted to have an event, 
you know, a party, a wedding, or whatever, I would do their food specifically for them. And it just got to the point where, like, this guy's really good, you know what I mean? And then they just kept giving me different things, you know. And next thing I know, I end up, you know, being the executive caterer chef for Lynn Woods. And then I was running all the big parties, like all the exclusive people that you can think of. I was doing the parties for spearheading at all the big schools, um, doing all the events for that. Left Lynn Woods and then I'm going to Capital Kitchen um, where uh, Chef Kevin Miller, you know, really great guy. So Capital Kitchen is a Baltimore-based catering company as well. So I, I went there and did that and then got my feet wet helping him, you know, continue to do some great food in the city, you know. And he was actually a competitor of Linwoods at the time, but I, I would never think that I would work for that for Capital Kitchen. Went to Capital Kitchen, loved it. You know, I still love those guys down there. And, you know, still get my feet wet. And then, boom, you know, right now, you know, Black Swan, you know, just being executive chef there. Um, you know, chef partner there, you know, have some great people, great team, and, you know, just being able to develop some things uh, for Black Swan. And just listen to your stories, like, right. God will prepare you for your purpose, even in spite of your plan. So it's just, like, listening to that whole thing. It's like, I'm going through some things like that. Right now, I'm trying to figure some stuff out. So just, just hearing that is like, yeah, sometimes you got to give you a plan up for what yeah. I ask for you. So that's... I feel like the story. I feel like the story belongs. I feel like the story belongs on Netflix. One of those little oh, right. 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 I mean, I mean, we can make that happen. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, though, it's a lot more. You know, um, it's a lot more in you know in the story that I'm not sharing, yeah. and not for no rhyme or reason, but just because you know I want to be respectful with time. <laughs> but it's a lot more because yeah. I mean, you got to think, man, like. Yeah, I grew up in a house with both of my parents, you know, but I still was in the streets as well, and I still was in church, and then I was still trying to find my career path. Like I but said, I thought one thing was supposed to be, like you said, that my plan was like I was going to tour the world because my homies were right now they're touring the world, you know, like my homie Usher and, and Janet Jackson and Demi Lovato and you name any band you can name of, you know, like I know them, and we all started at the same time, so. That was my plan, like, oh, yeah, it's right here. Like, I'm going to be, we're going to all be together. We're going to call each other, like, yo, where you at? Him here, all right, cool, but, um, but that was my plan. And my plan was to go to culinary school. And my plan was to do this and do that. Right. But, like, when God has it set up that way, not being too spiritual, but when he has it set up that way, it's kind of like, yo, you flow. God, you know, that way. Yeah. It's definitely crazy to say that, because that right there is inspirational right there. Like, I mean, even... People don't really know if you're not from Baltimore, Walpole Junction, yeah. trenches. So yeah. even just to make it out of there on the west side of Baltimore, it's just yeah. it's different. But uh, I want to change the gear. I want to talk talk about a little bit about Simone's background. I know that uh, Charm City flu, uh, Charm City Table, right? Yep, Charm City Table. Let's get into it. Yeah, so I'll I'll try to keep it pretty brief. It's not <laughs> you know it's not nearly as inspiring as that was over here. <laughs> Um, but I I was born here in Baltimore. I was mostly raised in Woodlawn. And it was like, at the time, like Woodlawn's very different now. But at the time, it was like cute farmland. Like, uh, But over here, it was like black suburbia. It was very much like everybody had like their single family home and all their kids. 
And it was like I always say, like looking back, every t- like when I left Woodlawn, I was like, Woodlawn like sucks. So it was so boring. There's nothing to do here. But like looking back, it was really cute. Like a really cute black suburb. Everybody like parents were like one generation out the city. So it was like you know city people raising <laughs> county kids. If you could imagine, it was like a lot of like you know get in where you fit in kind of culture there. But it was also like a lot of opportunity. Like parents were giving their kids opportunities that they didn't have and my family was the exact same way so like my my I would say my parents um in general like we always and that's black people in general people in general we always celebrate around food we always you know birthdays cookouts you know anything like it's it's always like a big food culture and it was the same for my family and my extended family so that's how I like had my love for food like I always thought my mom was the best cook um, even like my aunts and uncles, like I love going over their house for food, and we used to brag. You know, people just brag about whose family got the best food, who makes the best this, this, and that. Um, so I was always like kind of doing that. And then um, I think I would say I developed like my love for like going out to restaurants and things like that. It's probably like in college. Uh, so I, you know, lived in Baltimore, uh, raised here, and then I went to school in Richmond, Virginia. And there, like, you know, it was a very small city, which was a good environment for me at the time. And they had a cool little food scene, like, and, like, at the school, you could uh, use, like, your student ID or whatever to go some places. Like, you know, your swipes translated to dollars at little local restaurants and stuff. So I started doing that, like, just for fun. I had a bunch of stuff left over because I love to cook. So I wouldn't, like, always go to the cafeteria. I would just use it for restaurants. So I would just try new places. And... I loved trying different foods. I mean, I love my family, and like I said, I love their food, but they would cook the same thing. So I didn't, like, and we didn't eat out a bunch. Like, it'd be IHOP, Golden Corral, like, <laughs> city, city View, if y'all ever been there, out would long. Um, so, like, trying, like, Mediterranean food and, like, I don't know, Indian food and all of that, Thai food, that really started in Richmond. And I was just like, this, like, I love this. Like, I did not know there were, like, so many options. And um, finished my time at VCU, couldn't find a job, so moved back to Baltimore. And I got a job in Harbor East. And in Harbor East, it's like right downtown, right? It's like between two neighborhoods. So lots of food and drinks and bars over in Fells Point, lots in Harbor East. It was kind of developing, but it still had a lot. And then you could go to the Inner Harbor. And a bunch of me and my coworkers, we just, you know, young, we just like hanging out. We would go to happy hours. Um, and happy hours is like where I found out Baltimore had like a better food scene I felt like than Richmond like we had a lot of options at a lot of price points happy hour you could eat for super cheap at like the fanciest restaurants Um, so I was like oh my goodness Baltimore has like you know they have this really cool like vibe cool food scene but it was probably like two years after like I discovered that and I was going out with coworkers and stuff that I started Charm City Table I, like, transitioned from a job from Harbor East, same company, but it was out here, it was out in Columbia, Maryland, and I couldn't go out as much. The job was crappy, but, it, like, we <laughs> got off super late, and sometimes we worked overtime, and I wasn't getting off until, like, 9, and so I was like, I'm, like, I really miss going out, um, and I had all these pictures and stuff like that from when I used to go out, like, twice a week, three times a week to these different restaurants so that's kind of how I sat down and just like wrote it all out and 
um, thought of the idea for a food blog, and that helped me. Like, I was using those pictures from, like, the times I went out, but then it kind of motivated me to, like, get up after work when I was tired and, like, irritated to actually just go out and try some new spots to keep up with it. And then it kind of took off from there. Like, I just, I really kept going because it was a lot of fun, and people responded to it really quickly. Um, I remember when I started, there were, like, probably two big food bloggers and the rest I kind of met along the way though I had like smaller platforms but I was like nobody's really food blogging here like this is an opportunity and like I said it just kind of took off from there to where now it's been what going on five years in May so did you have any background in writing before blogging or just you just jumped into it uh, yeah I no I don't really I mean I've always considered myself a good writer um, my education. My mom is. Uh, if I talk about my educational background, yes, because I went. I was homeschooled for middle school. Mm. My mom was an English teacher, so oh, yeah. like, <laughs> and a creative writer. Uh, so it was a lot of heavy reading, a lot of heavy writing from like sixth to eighth grade. High school, I went to Catholic school. I went to a school called Institute of Notre Dame that just shut down oh, yeah. over in East Baltimore, and. Um, you know, there was just, they were heavy on the writing. Like, we were writing 10 page research papers for most of my classes, 10 to 15 pages. Wow. Um, so, like, I, I always was good at writing and did a lot of it. So, it, it was just something I was used to. I wouldn't even say it was something it just, that just I loved. Naturally. Yeah, it just came naturally. Came I'd done a lot of it. So, I just didn't have any issues with doing that because it was kind of a lifestyle at that point. So, yeah. Love that. Well, thank y'all so much for sharing your background, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Okay, okay. Popping shit, gotta get it. Niggas out here hating, but ain't stopping shit. Stop procrastinating, wasting time and shit. Niggas only gangster when they signing in. Hold on, baby, I can't hold on. So long, baby, I can't go. Yo, Jay, hit me with that call today. You gotta put some ground behind that prayer. What do you think of that? What do I think of that? Yes. I think that, I mean, I feel like I'm going to start quoting scripture because y'all no. got so spiritual. I mean, but, but like, <laughs> this, uh, there's a scripture that says, faith without works is dead. And that always, re- my mom would say that all the time. And it really resonated with me a lot because you can believe stuff all day. Like Chef has been saying, you can have your own plans. Um, but if you're not working towards something, if you're not putting effort forth, if you're not, you know, grinding and making things happen for yourself, you never know where, you know, you don't know where you could end up. And, you know, you have to create those doors and windows of opportunity for yourself. So that's that's really what that means. So what does some challenges come with food blogging? Like how is the business side of, of that? Because it's, it's like it's interesting. With, the, with, the, with the food, it's like that grind. You still got to pray from each other. Oh, yeah. And it is a grind. I think people, and even I try to look at, you know, that flip side of getting to go out, getting to meet really good people, getting to eat some of the best food. And, like, that is a lot of fun. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. It is so much fun. It's like, you know, like I said, I've always, I love new experiences, love trying new things. But there is a lot of work behind it. The content creation, of course, is time very time-consuming. It can be fun sometimes. It's not because you just don't feel like making videos or taking pictures or editing them or whatever. Um, so that's a piece. And you're doing a lot of things on the business side with brand deals, um, with networking. 
Um, you know, you're going and meeting people that, you know, you may want to work with on the business end, but you might not connect on a, you know, on a personal level and, you know, deciding if all that's worth it. Working in or with restaurants, food and beverage, any industry, really. I've worked in all types of areas of corporate America. Um, you know, scandals happen and crazy stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And you decide how you, as someone who either supports that restaurant or is friends with that person, is, is going to deal with that. Um, so it's just a lot of moving pieces. And like, the, like I said, the time-consuming nature of it, the parties and dinners and stuff are great, but they do take up your evenings if you have family or, you know, you have any sort of other commitments, that's something to consider um, creating a content. Like, it's all day, 24-7. The weekends, you know, sometimes if you don't, you're working on weekends. So it's like one of those around-the-clock things that I don't think people take into consideration, especially when you're starting out because you're like, I'm just trying to include and throwing up a picture and throwing up a video. Right. And then you actually see uh, an opportunity to turn it into a business, to consult, to create content, to do brand deals. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like most of your life is spent, you know, blogging or getting content or trying to figure out the next move. So, so we like grinding out over it. You said you've been doing it for like five years now. Yeah. Right? Yep. How did it feel to get like your first brand deal or like your first partnership? Like my you? first paid brand deal felt really good. I think it came... I want to say like two years afterwards. I had been offered stuff before that, but I remember wanting my first brand deal to be something that like I could really like relate to and something that like um, something of course that paid well and just felt natural. So I didn't want to just do like any old thing. Um, but I remember like seeing that brand deal and like being like, okay, this is a great fit. It was actually, believe it or not, not that I'm just like the biggest Duncan fan in the world, but it was Duncan. And for my my job, I have to travel to Boston, um, or had to because it's COVID. I had to travel quite a bit to Boston. And during that time, like Boston, Massachusetts is like known for Duncan. Like, so there was like a Duncan on every corner, and like just we like I had to because it was like like. Where we have Starbucks, they're Dunkin'. Mm-hmm. Um, so I drank a lot of Dunkin', and I would always like post like my Dunkin' drinks. So if I catered lunch for my um, lunch, if I had like breakfast meetings with my clients, I would get like the Dunkin' coffee and the donuts. So I always had pictures of it up there in my story. So when I they did reach out for the opportunity, it was a really natural fit. It paid well, and it like had something to do with nurses. And my friend isn't like that I hadn't seen in a while as a nurse. So it was like a good story to tell with the brand deal and all of that. So it was really exciting. And like I said, it was a natural fit. It didn't seem cheesy or like, um, I'm not a big fan of like a, a bunch of, like a couple chain restaurants I like, but typically I, like I, it just sounds bad, but I'm not like a big Cheesecake Factory fan or whatever. So like when people like that reached out, I'd be like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't just make up and pretend that I like Cheesecake Factory for a couple hundred dollars. Like I don't. Right. Um, so I just wanted to seem like something that I would actually do. So it was exciting. It was a natural fit. And then it kind of helped me um, frame like how I wanted to handle brand deals moving forward. Um, in terms of like what I wanted to do, what was my price point? Because I didn't know what to have people charge me, what, like, to, what to charge people, um, what a media kit. Like they asked me like to give my media kit, my rates. Like I didn't know what all that stuff was, so it kind of helped me form that. So it was exciting and like very educational to start. 
Really does sound exciting. So with like the ever changing need of social media to be, I feel like social media right now is like, oh, I got to be perfect. I got to do this perfectly. How do you stay true to yourself and like stay true to your brand? Um, I, that is a good question because like that, it really evolves. It evolves a lot, or at least it has for me. When I first started, it was really about, um, like just sharing the places that I went. And like, I remember my slogan at the time was like, I only post like the good stuff or something like that. And it was like, I didn't, I never like spoke badly about a restaurant or like, said like I only posted the things I really enjoyed so if I went to a restaurant I tried five things I didn't like two people wouldn't hear about that two they would only hear about the three things that, that I did enjoy and like I've I mean it's always been one of those things where I've been very honest and upfront about what I really enjoyed I didn't want people like seeing my page because there, there, there are bloggers people always say y'all lie bloggers be lying and some of it is true. Like, I'll be sitting next to somebody, they'll be like, that's nasty. And then they'll post it, oh my God, like, this is so good. And I'm like, no, I know you didn't like that. You literally just said it over dinner. Um, so, I was like, I think I know that guy. Um, so, I, you know, the, it, it's been one of the things where I've always been honest, I've always shared the things that I did like. Um, moving forward, people, you know, especially getting more of a following people um, would always ask me, well, are there things that you don't like? You really seem to like everything. And I'm like, I don't like everything. I just post the things that I, you know, that I don't like. So I, I started moving into doing, being a little bit more thorough, especially on Twitter with my reviews and like talking about the service, talking about like the atmosphere, talking about um, maybe things I did like, maybe things that just weren't for me. But I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm still not like, this was disgusting, like I'll never have this again um, sort of thing. So it, it, it kind of evolved. And like now I try to um, continue, like especially on my feed on Instagram, share like the atmosphere, share the experience, share what I liked specifically. And then like if I didn't like something or um, I'll do like monthly recaps where I post at like all of the places that I've been and if I didn't like an experience or something went wrong here I didn't like something it's always gentle but I'll be like you know I, I, I just that wasn't for me like I didn't like that so to give people a little bit of that full picture so it has evolved from being like 100% everything I post is good to like a mix of it but still like I said still very like diet critic it's nothing like serious yeah that's dope that's dope uh, I'm kind of want to change gears and talk about what does that quote mean to you? Because I know in that in that field, I know it's a lot of grind, but I know you be, I know you be praying a lot too, just to make sure that food come out the way it's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a challenge, man. Um, yeah, as far as the quote, you know, that that's it means a lot. It's a powerful quote. But um for me, yeah, like the 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 hustle behind it all and kind of like having the positive thoughts. And the prayer, you know what I'm saying, it's important. Um, I do a lot of that. So with the everyday push that I have and the, and the motivation and the drive, for me, yeah, it's a lot of kind of like, let me um, let me verify it, you know. Let me let me make sure that, you know what I mean, the direction that I know that I want to go in, that I'm confirming it with, like, the higher power, my, you know, with God, prayer, you know, um, or even just being around positive people that, that kind of are like-minded. Mm -hmm. So if I'm around people that can push me, you know what I'm saying, because I'm pushing somebody else, then that's cool for me because now I'm like, yo, 
I ain't feeling today. You know what I mean? Like, um, and and Simone to tell you, like, we she's been to the restaurant since day one. You know, and um, and it's, and her job is hard, and I only can imagine. You know, because my job is is hard, but her job is to let the world know, like, hey, is a good thing, is a bad thing, is great, is is whatever, and kind of like still being a face where she's still being loved. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And my job is kind of like, hey, you didn't like it, but not not wearing my feelings on my shoulder mm-hmm. because a person didn't care for that particular recipe. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it's very difficult, you know, um, to to not be in all of it. Like, so, like, I, I really try to make sure my emotions are out, mm-hmm. right? And then let my let my, my craft, let my, you know, my skills kind of, like, do what they do. And then having a mind to know that everybody palate isn't the palate, exactly. yeah. you know? So, like, like Simone was talking about, Cheesecake Factory not her thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then you have people that may come to to Black Swan, they may have you know a palate that may not speak to what my thought process was when I developed the recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to to be in a hustle mentality and then having you know um, you know having a, a confirmation of like prayer and saying like yo I got that like I do that all day mm-hmm. like I have to you know what I'm saying if not I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't. Well, I want to start out by saying I want to let the world know <laughs> that Bray short rib. <laughs> oh, no. It's coming off. That Bray short rib is. Mm. Unless I barbecue it and made it make you feel like it's more like Fourth of July kind of. Dubai. Yeah. It's very nice. Great. Mm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Told you that, that short rib different. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's it's my favorite. Yeah. Nah. So I mean, like I said, change the season, so we might be able to bring that back some somehow soon. But what we do like a day to day as far as like getting to the restaurant and then preparing food and making sure you got the staff on board, making sure everything's on point before you. Sometimes I know you probably won't be there all the time, but you make sure everything's how you left it. So day to day, um. Day to day for the chef, say on uh, for Black Swan, it it really depends. You know, like when I get up, I can um, I can open up my phone and I can see that I may have you know six seven different emails. I can look at twenty different missed calls or text messages from anywhere from bartenders to my line cooks to prep cooks to management. Um, so it's kind of being ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. I, I always want to make sure I'm ahead of the curve. Um, I do a lot myself too. So I don't have trust issues when it comes down to, can I trust my staff to do this? But day to day when I wake up, I'm already in a mindset that I got to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to make it happen. Um, cause you know, you're dealing with different personalities and so many different people. Sometimes people they don't have the the, the, the willpower to kind of continue to keep going. Yeah. But like being, you know, being an owner, being a boss, being a leader, you know, being a person that they're looking to to always be in the right spirit, the right mindset, the right attitude. It's kinda of like you have to always be on, on that like yo regardless, yeah. I gotta go, I gotta go. Now, the flip side is not always healthy, but <clears throat> my day to day, I get up. I look at everything, I check everything, I verify it all, I get in position, um, I make sure that things are um, where they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to be. And if not, I'll make the executive decision to say, okay, now I have to know, I have to do this. I have to run the, to the restaurant store to grab something. Mm-hmm. I have to call my rep and say, hey, what happened? My order was short. 
So it's really like putting fires out mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, so I can be putting fires out from seven o'clock in the morning until 12 noon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can jump into the, the thick of things, you know, with my team. But I'll be in there prepping. Um, you know, I'll be in there checking, the, you know, the walls, making sure that this is not there, looking at the chairs. Do we have to paint this and touch up that? The computers are down. The internet is off. The phone's acting crazy. Somebody came in late. Several people called out. The dish machine just broke. You know, like, you know, so it's, yeah. it's a lot. You know, what I mean? um, management style, right? There. Yeah. So my day to day is just you know really kind of making an assessment. Like when I get up, looking at the situation, figuring out what direction I'm gonna go in, and then having a positive thought about it. It seemed like you love it though, because I, I I was like, all right, give me an assistant. No, I do. I mean, I, I mean, I, I have support. Yeah, I have support. You know what I mean? I have a great supportive team. Like, my team is amazing. Um, but everyone has a role, and then right. some people, we have several different roles. So when you're in ownership, um, when you're in leadership like that, you have to take, you have to wear all of the hats. Mm-hmm. You know, That's so it, it's difficult for me to just kind of like step back and be like, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's the life of it, though. I mean, I, and I do love it. Yeah. I mean, clearly. Yeah, I'm like, you have to have a love for it if you, you know, want to yeah, deal with all of that. Yeah, like, that is a lot. Every day. Yeah. I feel like on both ends, though, you have to have a love for it. Yeah, like, no, you yeah. take up all, pretty much right. all your personal time <laughs> yes. and then to be yeah. managing yeah. everybody and their mama and yeah. the whole <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> you yeah. have to have a passion for it. That ain't something yeah, you can yeah. just be like, Fast. I'm going to go day to day and be. Yeah, nah, just, uh, yeah. Like that. Right, I could definitely yeah. relate to all the text messages and all the emails and looking at your calendar and seeing the millions of things that you got to do. Be like, all right, let me just get through this exactly. first and then start my day. Exactly, it's like that. So, how do both of y'all find balance? That's rough. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> right. I mean, I like on my end, it's rough. Like, you know, like my balance is where. It gets to a point where you're so used to certain things that, you know, if it's not there, you all know if if you're if you, you know, go to school all the time and you go to school and go to school and you've been doing it for so long and you got your degrees now. And then when you're finished college, it's kind of like I'm so used to like boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. What do I do with my time? Mm -hmm. So then you try to fill that void. So I think for me, how I balance for me is kind of like getting the joy of. Say if Simone came down, and I know she's coming down, and we have a great conversation, the food was great, it, everything worked out, it wasn't nothing, like, not too good, right? That is my balance. Now I'm like, you know what, my, my work is done for today. I, you know, I, I, I crossed that, that path, you know, I jumped that hurdle, and now I can feel good about if I did take off that night and had dinner and did this. That, that's kind of like, I think it's day-to-day with me. You know, but it's hard to kind of say like I'm taking off this day that day to day. I'm going on vacation, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I have a regular day, nine to five. Nah, never. Especially when owner, man, the day just don't don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. Especially yeah. I know with you, the day don't stop. So. No, it, it really does. It never <laughs> stops. I don't, I wouldn't say like Chef. I would not say that I had like a perfect balance or even clo- anything close to that. But I do. I've been trying to do a better job about taking like small breaks. Um, for myself, especially when like the meetings don't stop, the consulting doesn't stop, you know, people to, like texting and calling for different things, you know, partnerships, whatever, definitely doesn't stop. Um, but I do, you know, and I want to answer those people, you know, I want to talk to those people, I want to network with those people, but I do take breaks when it comes 
to like Instagram or Twitter or like different types of content creation if it's like outside of a brand partnership or something scheduled you know sometimes I'll just be like oh the video's not going up today and you know it's just you know it'll we'll reconvene next week or like I had this big push where I did I posted a hundred black owned restaurants and food businesses for Black History Month and that was like non-stop every day and like this month I'm like okay I'm gonna post three times a week versus like posting every day posting a you know laundry lists of restaurants and things like that so that was great by the way thank you yeah, thank was- you it was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. um so that's kind of how i get in breaks and then i do i book vacations like i'm, I'm big on booking trips we got portugal coming out <laughs> we got antigua so nice. yeah spring and summer is gonna be fun <laughs> key of the word get that money <laughs> don't let it stop yeah yeah so i mean like i said this was like crazy, like the balance, like the whole nonchalant, like the, cause I ain't know me, like I, I'm a business owner too, but, but as far as like what y'all do, I feel like that's like next level, that's what I, I see myself doing, I know Jim can speak for itself too, but it's stuff. so, yeah. Y'all building like, I know, so y'all, like during your day, I know for me, I have to build in a break, like if I don't give myself a break, I tend to like forget to eat, uh, up to like midnight and I sleep like stuff like that so do y'all like building times throughout your day to get a break or just get a step away or do something like that just to take care of yourself for a second then get back to it I mean I do I you know like Simone said you know learning to be able to add those little breaks in there you know have to you have to like kind of like teach yourself to do that yes and as, as wild as it is being a hard worker and kind of like being passionate and committed to what you do and your craft mm-hmm. especially when you came from the ground up that's that's another thing too some people may be handed some things and they and they already got it factored in mm-hmm. because they were handed it. Mm-hmm. But when you're like building things from the ground up and it's kind of like you only know like, bro, when I get up, this is what I do, this is how I go. Um, it's kind of hard and and it's kind of hard to like step away. Right. And like I said, it's not so much that I don't trust it or the people, it's just more so that for me, I'm so used to it that I, I have to, I got to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I like I'm doing better with building in like breaks here and there, you know, and then segueing over to this and over to that. So, yes, I guess you know, same thing. I, I do try to build in time for breaks. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes I forget to eat. Um, <laughs> and you know, obviously my world is food, so going to lunches and dinner is a part of my week. So you know, th- th- those sorts of things are built in. But as far as breaks, you know, I do take time. I might do like a little walk or something like that or like after a phone call I always need to like decompress so I'll take like 10 minutes or something just to like lay across the couch or like I said like sit, like go for a walk or fit in an evening TV show or you know something to read so they're always quick but I do try to like squeeze in breaks because you just need you know you need to well, recenter speaking of breaks Alright, so I know I said the braid shortbread was my favorite item on the menu, even though you said it's not gonna be there anymore. What's your favorite thing well, on the menu? Well, not for the spring. For the spring, excuse me. What is your favorite thing on the menu? Um, well, my favorite, what is my favorite item on the menu? I'll go apps and then I'll do uh, 
try to figure out my trades. So for the apps, I think my favorite, believe it or not, uh, is the barbecue Korean cauliflower. Um, it's vegan, and I'm not a vegan at all. And but I, I have, I have a joy of making vegan food or any kind of food that I don't consume. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my favorite. Is apps entree? I think my favorite is the bronzino, um, and it's with the cucumber grip long, uh, and has the olive oil, purple mashed potatoes, no cream, but just olive oil and sea salt. Uh, they're my two favorites. I'm hungry. Talk about talk about uh some of the some of the uh like celebrities that I've met so far uh, as far as like since you have the restaurant now, like people that have been coming through the restaurant showing support and stuff like yeah, that. I'm man, I'm really bad with names, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and um and I'm not you know, I don't I, I just don't throw names out there and kinda of get too hyped about it. Yeah. I'm very appreciative though of all of the people that came in that are, are celebrities. Um but Angelie, she came in the other day most recently. Mm-hmm. Um what's the other guy? Uh, uh I see I see Jada Kiss came through. Yeah, Jada Fabulous. Fabulous came through. Who did? That's a fabulous. Yeah, There's been a lot of actors and uh and, and things that came through as well. A lot of politicians. Athletes. Athletes, a lot of athletes. I mean, you know, uh Lamar, you know, he came mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Um Hollywood, you know, from the Ravens. A lot of Ravens came through. Some, uh, I think, an Oreo came. It, it's been a lot, man. It's been a lot of support. Yeah. So, uh, talk about like expansion. I know, I know, Black Swan's Baltimore based. I know, no, you now. I know you trying. You think global. You trying yeah, to take yeah. over the whole, the whole yeah, world. Yeah. Right now. I mean, so, so first of all, it's been a blessing to even have the support that we've been having. You know, from our city, number one, and from the outskirts of the DMV. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from Philadelphia, Virginia, mm-hmm. you know, um, D.C., you know, it's been great, right? Mm-hmm. And we and we really appreciate it. I appreciate it, my partners. Um, but I think expansion-wise, we definitely have been looking into going into D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we're we looking into some other places that we may not talk about. want to talk about. <laughs> talk about. But um, D.C. <laughs> DC is our next move, and we also have some other concepts that we're going to do outside of Black Swan. Mm-hmm. So Black Swan is really just like, you know, it's our bread and butter, it's our baby. It's you know, it started with it, you have the foundation. But we have other concepts that we're going to do that's going to actually appease to who we are as, as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that um, how we did Black Swan was just, you know, having something, a void that we felt that the people needed in our city that they did not have. Yeah. So we definitely want to um, expand. And especially in that area, like it's hard. Like that's all Atlanta. Like what's, what's that place? Atlantis Atlas. Group? Atlas. At yeah. Atlas, mm-hmm. Atlas Group. So it's kind of hard to even get in there because it's owned by yeah. all of that. So, and, so and the, Wolf, like there's those yeah. two restaurant Correct. chains that are just there. Yeah. So, yeah. so you like, you in like the heart where you like people drive past, it's like boom. So that, and that's another thing. Like we were very, uh, we were very fortunate and blessed to be able to during the pandemic. You know, it was unfortunate that a lot of people lost their businesses during that time. But you know, we were able to actually create uh, something that's very special. You know, for the city yeah. in that particular area. So Harvey East is a very, um, very upcoming, prominent like area, and to be a black-owned restaurant in Harvey East is really with elevated, um, you know, things about the restaurant. So the food's elevated, the atmosphere is a different spin on it. Um, it was it was definitely an honor to be down in that area. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Shoot. 
we can go straight to you now. You know, you know <laughs> right here. I know she got yeah. some killer questions for you. I'm just going right. to that way. I'm ready. Yes, yes. So I'm not even from the Baltimore area, okay. so I'm not from the DMV. So mm-hmm. what would you tell somebody that's traveling to Baltimore? Where is they? They have to go to this place. Um, I don't know if I can pick one place. And, like, I hate answering, like, this question for my people <laughs> in my DMs because I'm like, what do you what do you like? I don't want to tell you because right. my brain is always on seafood. But I'm like, are you allergic? Um, so I, I can tell you, like, some really consistently good restaurants that I've been to, like, over the years or, like, since I started food blogging and then some, like, good up-and-coming spots that, like, I've been to and I, you know, I keep seeing improvements and every time I go, it's better and better. Um, but I really, one of my favorite restaurants, and this is before the food blog, before Harper's, all of that, is Maggie's Farm. And it's a spot on Hartford Road. Um, they were, like, one of the first, I won't say the first, but one of the first uh, restaurants to, like, do farm to table so the ingredients are super fresh. It's everything's very local. So like you can really taste the difference in that food. Like things are like fresh, if not flash frozen, so you don't get that weird freezer burn that you can sometimes get on some people's food. Um, so I love Maggie's farm. Blue Moon is like a Baltimore staple for breakfast. They have this this egg um, and crab thing called the Sweet Baby Jesus is really good. People love their <laughs> cat crunch French toast. Um, their food is just really good. They used to be late night, which I miss. They used to be 24 hours, but now they're like a true breakfast spot. Uh, what else? I'll just stick with those two, like for like the consistently good spots that I've been. Um, for, so what about drinks then? For drinks? I see you post something that day had a little flower and so, drink. Yeah, flower. yeah. Oh, that was the new um, B-side. So there's a hotel um, in Baltimore, and they have different concepts. Like upstairs, they have top side, which you can overlook the entire, like, Mount Vernon, Baltimore area. And it's, like, nice views, and they, you can eat in there, and they have drinks. Um, but downstairs, they have a karaoke uh, rooms that you can rent and then a speakeasy. So you like put a coin and like a jukebox and like a secret wall opens up and it's really cute. And they have the craft cocktails are really good. Baltimore now has, like, especially when I started, they had good bartenders, like creative folks. But like the the drink scene is really like skyrocketed in the city. Um, so like I feel like now that I'm going to these places, like the standard is are those craft cocktails. So I really love that. That place was good. Also really like um, Bluebird Cocktail Room. That's my spot. They're in Hamden. They do like really good craft cocktails. Something a little bit more casual, but still like good drinks is Shipyard Pub. Um, that bartender there makes some really good drinks and creative at a good, really nice price point for everybody. Um, as far as like up and coming, I tried a bunch of spots last month, um, but I really like um, this spot called Locale downtown. They do, it's like black owned. And they do French food. The chef uh, used to work at a French, re- a couple of French restaurants. He's professionally trained um, in French cuisine, um, but he is a black guy, so he like makes it just a little bit more soulful. Kind of puts a little bit more flavor into the food. So it was, it was really, really good. They're um, they're really new, so they you know they have some like things to work out like as far as their staff, but the food is like solid. I will put Black Swan. Black Swan is, is it a year old? It's under a year old. We're coming up on a Yeah. Year, um, so as like one of those up and coming spots, because like I said at the beginning, like, you know, those spots you go to, and it's always improvement. Every time you go, it's better and better. 
Uh, Black Swan is definitely one of those places that short rib. I was getting every time I was going there. So good. Um, I would say even the the chicken box when I went when wow. we just I wow. just went there and had that chicken box. I was like, I forgot how good this was. I hadn't had it in a bit. Um, the the drinks are always strong too. I was about to get the drinks. How you make up those names? Like, those are some, some nice, yeah, like, good names. Yeah, me and my partner, we, you know, we collab with that. You know, mm-hmm. we the mastermind about, you know, buying a lot. Um, yeah. You know, we probably don't even want to even say his name. <laughs> I already put him under the bus. <laughs> so Chris Simon, that's my, that's my ace, man. Um, but we, we brainstorm a lot. Yeah. So, like, like uh, Simone was saying, everybody's saying, like, the chicken box and, you know, call a hack. You know, we got, yeah, hack, you know, yeah. we got the hack and... and Pretty with an attitude. Pretty I like drink. I love it. Drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, like, your French toast and brunch is cool. D5. Oh, 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 I was like, yo, what is it? What y'all that brunch is really I good. That yeah. brunch is really good. Sometimes it's like, and it's just like the simple things, you know? Less is more. It is. Um, Trust me. That's what I need right It's the bread, you know? <laughs> I, got, I have a great uh, bread that I use. You know, I use challah bread. Um, so I use the challah, and then I make a nice mixture of very heavy egg mixture for my French toast batter. Mm-hmm. I use real ingredients for it. I only right. use farm eggs. And then um, we take out time and we sear it off good and I make a nice little anglaise to go on top when we finish it with the maple, the maple vanilla syrup. Yeah. That's what you had left. That's what I had. It's simple. <laughs> I mean, it's simple. You know what I mean? Speaking of that, like, when you walk in there, it's like the vibe is just on point. You got the DJ... You got the bottle service, like how the bottle service stuff. They mind like you, like you, like you in the club, and they just probably with the lights and right, you know, right. whatever. So okay, so going back with the whole bottle service thing. First of all, it was certain things that I didn't even want. Let's <laughs> just be clear. Um, but the bottle service, I mean, being a full service restaurant versus like a lounge or a club, that's the difference. We are still a full service restaurant, so. You know, the way we want to do it and the way we do do it is allow the bottle service to come to your table where you're eating dinner, mm-hmm. not at a couch, not at a place where, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I don't know. Like, we try to keep it keep it as tasteful as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think that's my main thing, like, keeping it tasteful. Um, so, you know, it's very thought out. we got the bird cage, you know. Yeah, so, exactly. it's kind of like we want to, you know, be authentic, you know, be original, but not be too... You know, the other way. Oh, yeah, I know for my birthday, we had a couple of bottles came through. <laughs> <laughs> I did not approve of, but I ain't you know what I mean? didn't approve yeah, of. It's she, your birthday, we got to turn up for yeah, your birthday. I mean, right. I was already cool off the one, but then two more came, and I was like, y'all just need to just chill out for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, you feel me? Okay. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, there was too much going on. Speaking of that, like, I want to piggyback off what you said. So, you've been to certain spots and stuff. Like, what are some cool, like, lounging spots where you can, like, Chill, feed up, couple drinks. Yeah, because no mini food. Because he don't go out like clubs. He, like, he don't do nothing. So. Like jazz lounges and stuff yeah. like that. That's kind of my. Yeah, my la- lounges are tough. I will say it's not even a lounge atmosphere, but I recently went, recently, like two days ago, I went to Keystone Corner in Harper East. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually do, like, you can pay for tickets to, like, renowned jazz musicians. Um, it's right in Harbor East, too. And, um, you know, you sit back, you have a couple of, It was nice. I haven't been in, like, two years. But you sit back and listen to the jazz musicians, like, live music. Um, the food and drinks were delicious. Like, they were very, very good. 
Um, so that's probably one of the spots that I would pick um, for like lounge vibes. I, I can't think of any others off the top of my head that don't cross over into like a crazy like party scene. So <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find but, stuff and come out the house. <laughs> Keystone Corner. If you if you like if you like jazz, you'll love that place. I was I was. I mean, the first, I'd gone like twice before COVID, like the whole pandemic. And I remember it being nice, but I hadn't been since then. And I forgot. And it was just like such a nice atmosphere, like a very like mixed crowd, like diversity across ages and race and everything. And just everybody just sitting back and enjoying the music, having their cocktails. Some people like got up and danced a little bit. Like it was so cute. Yeah. It was so cute. For her, she liked to dance. I need stuff. Oh, so, right. Uh uh-uh. Those, those, those some spots where you can get up and like for her. All right. But what, what what kind of dance? Let's let's right. let's. Because <laughs> I'm like. Making a style. No, because I'm like it's a place where you are supposed to be getting up and dancing. Or you just get up and dance because Rose's Bar and Grill in Fed Hill is one of those spots that like people do get up and dance. I don't know if you're necessarily supposed to, but like nobody cares. And the food the food is really good. Their food is like. I mean, it, I, it, I know how to act simply right now. I think you're trying to. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, however you have fun is how you have fun. <laughs> any, any places you can go, like, they're going to call me old, but like hand that. Any places like that. What? Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Not that I know of. Probably that place, Keystone Corner. There used to be a place that did like salsa nights and. Oh, so they like they they close down so oh. yeah. <laughs> if I find any though, I'll, I'll let you know. Do you have any 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 new places on your list that you're waiting to try or dine and try? Uh, I just made a reservation for the new uh, No Way Rose. Uh, just it's this restaurant that just opened up in Federal Hill, um, and they the owner there has another restaurant in the city and DC, Bethesda called Duck Duck Goose, and so he did a new concept and. I guess it's all about rosé and like mm-hmm. more French cuisine and all of that. So I'm really excited to try that place because it's cute. It's like trendy, mm-hmm. um, and like the restaurant's real pretty, and his food is usually good. Like I've been to a couple of his events, and the food's always been good. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to try that spot. We nice. just I like more. I like seeing more elevated concepts. Because Baltimore definitely has good food. Um, we definitely have it across price points. Uh, but where people always ding me, at least online, is like, where's the fun dining? Like, where are the elevated spots? So, like, um, I like seeing more of those kind of pop up around. Yeah, people want the IG aesthetics. Yes, they want the IG aesthetics. And they want IG aesthetics with good food. Yes. Like, sometimes. <laughs> It'd be cute, but. Yeah, yeah. right. Sometimes. <laughs> so, what's, what's next for Black Swan? Then? As far as, like, I'm not kind of asking a little bit about what's like, yeah, actually, yeah. like next for, like, Black Swan. I mean, next for Black Swan, I mean, you know, we're changing the menu. I'm actually getting ready to finalize the spring and summer menu. Um, we're definitely expanding, you know, with another location, other concepts, food trucks. We got a lot that we're going to do. Food truck. Um, so you'll be able to get a chicken box on a food truck anywhere. <laughs> you know, out here, you know, out there, D.C., Delaware, everywhere. We're going we're gonna to load up. Um, but I think, uh, you know, more more merch. Um I have on my black swan shirt under here, but more merch, more hats, um, things where we just can make our name known even more, you mm-hmm. know, where people can say, I like that. And so, shoot, man. Like I said, man, this has been dope. I appreciate both of y'all coming through. Uh, before we get a body here, can, can y'all drop y'all social media handles so everybody can follow what's going on, see what y'all follow next. We can start with some more first. Um, you can follow me anywhere at 
at Charm City Table. It's like all one word. Um, I have I'm on Instagram mostly, Twitter, TikTok, and you can go on my website charmcitytable.com for this really cool Baltimore DMV restaurant map where I have like all the places that I've been and links to like my reviews and stuff on there. So it's like really cool if you like stay in the city or you live in a neighborhood or one of five places in your area. Um, well, it's called Baltimore Restaurant Map. Nice. I gotta follow that. So right. for, for me, cool. for me, um, I don't have as much as like Simone, but my my little simple IG is Chef Six Hundred. So C H E F and the number Six Hundred. Or you can go to Eat at Black Swan. Um, you can get me there as well. Um, other than that, my Twitter, I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> uh, my TikTok, I do have a TikTok, but you will have to DM me that so I can give you that information because I have like a couple videos, but that's it. Yeah. That's right. Um, like I said, I appreciate you coming by. This is that boy got knowledge. We're closing out. So glad that you made it here. Yeah. Took my dick and faced it. Shorty going crazy. Yeah, thought that you was playing. Told me spray it everywhere. She want me to take it. Take it. What you tryna do? Shorty said. She